2: A lot of drama out there as we roll into the weekend. Almost all of it in the world of sports associated with the quarterback position uh, in the NFL. I thought we could have a little bit of fun thinking about who makes sense to go where? It's a little bit like uh, a game of chess, trying to think about how exactly all of these different pieces are going to fit together. Looking at the board uh, and uh, and more. By the way, we're going to be joined by Todd Furman uh, coming up in a bit. The Daytona Five Hundred is this weekend. Uh, how would you bet the Daytona Five Hundred? Looking ahead now, college football. Sorry, college basketball. The NBA uh, and uh, and more. All of that pretty interesting as well. Uh, But to me, there are right now about five teams, I would say, that I am completely fascinated to think about what they are going to do at the quarterback position and what decisions they are going to make going forward. And each of those teams has a little bit different of a dynamic in play But all of them, I would say, feel like, hey, we could be a championship-caliber team if things break the right way for us, and there's not really a player right now that is connected to any of these teams that makes a lot of sense long-term. That is, there's nobody under contract for a massive amount of money. And to me, ultimately... Right now, and now there's some other moving parts that are associated with it, but to me, there are five legitimate teams that could see themselves in a reflection of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is, look at what they were able to do. We have a lot of talent at other positions. We have no real commitment at the quarterback space going forward right now. And therefore, these five teams to me could legitimately look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and say the Bucs went from 7-9 and nine, to not having made the playoffs in 12 years to making the playoffs and being able to make a run at the Super Bowl, and all we need is a quarterback, and that is us, okay? To me, there are five teams. Now, the Rams are one of them. The Rams are one of them. The Rams already made their move. They've got Matthew Stafford now. They moved on from Jared Goff. That is one of the teams that is out there. They've already proven that they basically see themselves in some ways through the refracted lens of the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers Super Bowl win. But there are five other teams. I'm going to explain all of these teams. And some of them, look, some of these teams could say, hey, you know what, we're going to make a move and we're going to get into the draft and we're going to trade up and we're going to be aggressive there, right? Some of those teams could certainly make this argument. Others of them, can look around at Carson Wentz. Maybe they kick the tires there. Maybe they kick the tires with Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, uh, and see if there's any possibility to make a move there. It seems like that the uh, Raiders are going to stick with Carr, that John Gruden feels like he's still the guy who can take them to the next level, or at least he's willing to ride with him for another year. So here are those five teams, and I am going to rank them for you in the likelihood that I believe they could be the 2021 version of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, Are you ready? I hope so. The number one team, the most likely team in my mind to be able to be a modern day version, the 2021 version of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the New Orleans Saints. We are presuming at this point in time that the Saints are moving on from Drew Brees because he is going to retire that could change but if Drew Brees moves on the raw a talent of the New Orleans Saints is at a phenomenal level and they have a really intriguing decision to make going forward Sean Payton in particular does is it Taysom Hill is it Jameis Winston is it Carson Wentz Is it go into the draft, move up, and go find your guy of the future? You could, I believe, if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, as much as you're going to miss Drew Brees, I think there is a way where you switch quarterbacks and you are winning the Super Bowl next year. That's how talented I think the New Orleans Saints are. It would not surprise me at all if Sean Payton right now is looking around and saying we could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year. So I've got the Saints as the number one team that is a quarterback away in the NFL from being able to contend for a Super Bowl. Number two team right now. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think it's the Colts. Colts went 11-5 and with Phillip Rivers last year. If they had gone and gotten Tom Brady, is it possible the Colts win the Super Bowl this year? I think it is. Because I think Brady would have been better than Phillip Rivers was behind that offensive line. So if you are the Colts right now, Does Frank Reich believe that Carson Wentz can be the MVP caliber Carson Wentz performer that he was when he tore his ACL? Remember, Carson Wentz was going to be the MVP of the league with Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator. Does Frank Reich believe that he can get MVP-level performance from Carson Wentz like he got when he was the offensive coordinator with the Eagles? If he does then giving up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz, given the fact that he's not that old, isn't a disaster for the Colts because they have a wide-open quarterback spot. Jacoby Brissett is done. Phillip Rivers is retiring. They have the money to be able to spend on a quarterback, and they could roll Carson Wentz in and feel really good if that is correct. If he's not fading, if he is able to perform at that level, to me, it's a no-brainer. If not, the Colts can go into the draft, and they can go and find their quarterback of the future and feel like they are a quarterback away. The defense is that talented. I love Jonathan Taylor and what he's going to represent. Probably still need some help at the wide receiver position because you're aging a little bit there, but that could be remedied in a hurry given the salary cap space. I think Saints first uh, as the version of the most likely team to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of 2021. The Colts in the second spot. In the third spot, I would go with the Chicago Bears, because they've been dealing with Mitch Trubisky and now with Nick Foles' uncertainty for some period of time. If they had had Tom Brady this past year, I think the Bears very much could have been in the running to win a Super Bowl. The defense is stacked, has been for several years. The offense, I know they came on late in the season with Mitch Trubisky, but I think the Bears are in the third spot as the team that's most likely to be able to become the modern-day version of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the fourth spot, I'm going to go with the Washington football team. I love the young defensive talent that they have. I know they've committed to Taylor Heineke for another year. I know that you still have Alex Smith coming off of your injury, but you've walked away from Dwayne Haskins as your quarterback of the future. Are you going to go back into the draft now, just two years after you drafted Dwayne Haskins, or do you feel like there is a move that you can make, whether it's make an aggressive play for Dak Prescott, who followed you on Instagram, whether it's go out and give up basically everything for Deshaun Watson, could Carson Wentz move inside the division? It seems unlikely, but who knows? Russell Wilson doesn't seem likely to be available, but those conversations can all take place because this defense is big time. They are very, very close in Washington to being able to put together, I believe, a championship caliber football team. They won seven games playing four different quarterbacks last year. Let me repeat that. Four different quarterbacks they played last year, and they still won seven football games because their defense was so good. With the right quarterback, they go from 7-9 and nine to 11-5 and five immediately. I believe, with Ron Rivera's leadership and everything that they have bringing to bear there. And then in the final spot, the fifth team that I believe is wide open at the quarterback position and is only a quarterback away it's the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick still has not spent any money. Cam Newton didn't cost him anything. Jared Stidham's not costing him anything. Brian Hoyer didn't cost him anything. This is a team there have been rumors out there. I find it hard to believe. We talked about it on Fox Bet Live on Thursday, potentially that they were going to make a move and go after Deshaun Watson with everything they got. I, I would be really upset if the Houston Texans were allowing that to happen, but those are my five teams in order that can see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and think that could be us next year. Saints, Colts, Bears, Washington football team, and the Patriots. Those are the five teams. That are a quarterback away and are wide open at the position all right up next todd Furman, my co-host from fox bet live going to get up early and join us uh we will talk with him uh in the meantime go sign up for the outkick vip i appreciate all of you and thank you for spending your friday with us as we finish off the final hour of the program this week outkick.com slash vip this is outkick on fox sports radio Joined now by Todd Furman, one of my co-hosts on Fox Bet Live. Uh, we have had a uh, tumultuous week of uh, of television. Where one of the things that's crazy—I mean, I know this is crazy for everybody out there in the world of sports—but we sometimes don't know whether our show is going to be preempted or not because of athletic-related events. Uh, because games can come back on the calendar, they can get canceled, like yesterday. We thought we were going to get Thursday off for a game, but then it got canceled, so we ended up having to do the show. It's kind of wacky, huh?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit uh, overrated in terms of trying to figure out your schedule well in advance. Thankfully, we get a little week off, a reprieve from one another beginning after... What are uh, you doing, by the way? Yes, 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 yes. I'm headed out to the Hawaiian Islands, so I'm uh, Have you ever been to Hawaii before? Have ne- never been to Hawaii. I'm anxiously awaiting a negative COVID test as part of the uh, Hawaii travel protocols. You have to fill out an extensive survey for anybody that wants to go out to the islands. But uh, optimistic, we're going to get a little R and R, and we'll see if my tan can compete with the tan you'll inevitably come back from Mexico.
2: Oh yeah, I'm going to Mexico, uh, and I'll be back on the show. I'll do the show Monday, which is a holiday, and then we're flying out. Uh, hopefully, although there's all sorts of snow in the forecast, and it would make perfect sense for Nashville to just get deluged with snow on the day. That- (laughs) i'm supposed to be flying down to mexico and me not be able to go uh it never snows in nashville so the one day that i'm scheduled to go away on a vacation the the absolute snowfall it it might happen uh shutting down everything could be in play so what would you do so when's the last time you took a vacation
3: what's the last trip
2: that you went on
3: the last trip we went on, what is it, 2021, so 2000, probably summer of 2019 will be the last time I took an extensive vacation. Went to Greece for about 10 days during July, but this will be the first time that I'm taking a vacation at any point, not during the summer months, in probably seven or eight years, I would say, given the fact that typically in this business, especially sports betting, that your downtime is right after the All-Star break. So we'll call it like the first week in July, uh, up until early August when you start to come back with preseason football.
1: Yeah, that's so you're right. Still
3: working, you're still working during that process, but of course, last year, different than any other dynamic, you couldn't go anywhere, you had the confluence of sporting events throughout the summer months, so it's rare for me to take a week off when the NBA college basketball, NHL are going in full uh, but I will tell you one thing I am relishing the opportunity to watch the Daytona 500 on Sunday at 7 a.m. from a swim up pool bar in Hawaii it'll be the perfect uh, anecdote of both worlds the girlfriend can sleep I can watch the racing in peace
2: so I, so I was going to ask you how committed do you think you will be to dialing out and not paying attention to what's going on like you're gonna you're idea. gonna get up are you legitimately setting your alarm to wake up in Hawaii and go to the pool and just swim up to the bar at seven AM and start watching the NASCAR
1: the oh, Daytona five hundred
3: yeah, for NASCAR and Sunday, you bet your bottom dollar that's definitely going to happen. Now, will I get up bright and early every single day there? No, there's no reason to. But that's the hard part is that I say you want to try and take some time off. You want to relax a little bit and tune out all the distractions. But the reality of it is when you work in this sports business, you really can't. And if I were to take a full week off, not pay attention to any of the sports that are going on, it takes you two to three weeks to try and play catch up for injuries, for current form uh, and everything along those lines. Uh, I will say, though, with the time differences and all all. of that. I have minimal intentions of watching games other than maybe the middle of the afternoon if I'm sitting out by the pool, but it will not be a focal point. And I can tell you missing a Red Wings Predators hockey game will not be the end of the world for me next week. I'll somehow find a way to cope.
2: You know, it's interesting. uh, I remember, I'm sure you remember this when you were a kid, like when my dad would go away, uh, my dad and mom both worked, but when we would go on vacation with them back in the day, like when I was young and when my sister was young, we wouldn't be, it was impossible for him to be reached, right? Like, he would take a two-week vacation. We would go a lot of times, like what we a lot of times did, we would go to Disney World, and we would stay in, like, a camper uh, there at Fort Wilderness, which is, like, their campground. And for two weeks, he would be unreachable. Not only would he be unreachable, we might call, you know, like, my grandparents collect to touch in, touch base. Otherwise, like, you know, we didn't have a phone in the camper, uh, there was no way to be reached, and we might send back postcards. It's kind of amazing to me to think about that now. To be utterly unreachable is one of my goals now
3: oh and I think I think it's downright impossible to be able yeah. to pull that off because you got your phone
2: all in. the time. people are always going to be able to reach, but a part of me would like to be. And I think there's going to be more and more of this on vacations in years ahead, like in a post-COVID landscape. I think a lot of people are just going to say, screw it. I don't want to be in touch, right? Like, I don't want to be reached. I'm turning my phone off for two weeks. Uh, You know, they have that thing where you can set it up so your email forwards or whatever else. Uh, But I think there's a lot of people who would kind of envy that kind of escape, right? Where you can actually escape from the world for a little bit.
3: Well, I think that's a big challenge. And of course, I have the luxury of not having to worry about kids at home or anything along those lines. So if I leave my phone and we go out hiking for a day in Hawaii, it's not the end of the world. Everything isn't going to fall apart around me if I'm unreachable for six or seven hours. But for example, I imagine if you and the wife go on a trip and you don't take the three boys with you, the idea of leaving both cell phones completely behind and being off the grid for a couple hours is something a lot tougher for parents to try and go through unless they have the entire immediate family with them
2: yeah that's an interesting point, um, but from a work perspective, I mean usually the kids I mean are going to be at school all day and uh, and ideally they 're going to be fine there, uh, but it is an interesting point like are you when you 're in Hawaii, are you guys scheduling aggressively or is it primarily sit by the pool?
3: It is a balancing act because somehow in my world, I have found the only way to date an Italian who can 't sit in the sun and actually get color without turning <laughs> into a cherry tomato. So we ultimately have to try and find a spot that I can sit and get some color, she's able to sit in the shade, and we'll find a balancing act. We'll do a couple days by the pool, we'll do some exploring, since neither of us have been to Hawaii. Uh, we've been told that you, one of the uh, things that you want to try and take advantage of is Volcanoes National Park, so that'll be a stop along the way. Uh, and just trying to figure out you know a perfect balancing act, where you're not go, go, go in a scripted itinerary from start to finish, that you get a little bit of rest, relaxation, but you can also see the sights of the same. Time.
2: Are you going to more than one place? I've never been to Hawaii. I would like to go. We actually have a lot of listeners in Hawaii. Uh, so, by the way, you can let Furman know if you have suggestions on things he should check out at Todd Furman if you're in Hawaii right now. Where are you going in Hawaii?
3: Oh, I'm definitely open for anybody that has restaurant recommendations or spots that are can't miss. So we originally wanted to do Kauai, uh, but that ultimately had to get scrapped because of some stricter COVID protocols there than other islands. So uh, we're flying into Oahu. We'll do the big island of Kona uh, for about 36 hours, maybe play a round of golf. Uh, part three is about the extent of what I'm capable of doing. And then see the Volcanoes National Park. And then we'll spend five to six days in Maui. And our lovely co-host uh, on Foxbelt Live recommended a couple spots in Wailea that they said uh, strongly encourage us to go to and I think we're staying in a beach town called can- Canopoli, or I'm butchering poly I know I'm butchering it somewhere along the way, uh, but Maui will be the main home base for us for the better part of five or six days. All
2: right, so anybody out there who is familiar with Hawaii, lives there, and wants to give Furman suggestions at Todd Furman, you can hop on uh, there and give him suggestions on places he should see. Uh, all right, so let's go in. You mentioned the Daytona 500, uh, biggest event that is going on in the world of sports this weekend. You love NASCAR. How would you suggest that people bet on it if they are interested in gambling and or if they're not, what should they expect to see if they're putting it on this weekend?
3: Well, for this particular race, this one is much better to enjoy as a spectator than it is to find true wagering value, because Daytona and Talladega are called Super speedways. so what'll happen here is these tracks will have air restrictor plates put on the engines, so it basically provides a level playing field. So whether you're one of the best drivers in the sport or you drive for one of the underfunded teams, it more or less puts everybody on the same plane. So, as a result, you're going to see some of the biggest names in the sport, specifically the guys like Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, all with odds that otherwise wouldn't be available. And Hamlin has really had a lot of success here at Daytona uh, over the last five years. And this is about the shortest price you're going to see with him in that 8 to 9 to 1 range at FanDuel. Uh, but again, this is a race known for its wrecks more than anything else. Uh, and it's always incredible when you talk about a field that's expected to have 41 cars start, the over under for amount of drivers to actually finish. Or finish 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 on the lead lap is set at 17 and a half. And so when you try and identify how this race is going to go, it's going to be a true wreck fest. So for people that are new to betting NASCAR, bet lightly, maybe bet a couple of guys here to round out the portfolio, uh, but don't adhere to some of the bigger names in sports. Despite Denny's recent dominance, he could just as easily wreck at the midway point uh, as he could grab the checkered flag this weekend at Daytona
2: now that football is over how do you play college basketball and or nba going forward with february basketball
3: well i mean technically college football is not over we have well i know we got
2: i know we got i should point out yes
3: I figured you'd be glued to your TV at 6 o'clock Central for McNeese against Tarleton State. Uh, if you could name any players on those rosters right now, I'd be thoroughly impressed. But college basketball uh, during the month of February is typically a time of year where you're going to look at situations more than anything else. And what I mean there is a lot of these teams have already played each other, so you have de- data points. You've had scenarios with revenge that you can factor into the equation. And focus in motivation. Do teams that find themselves on the outside looking in not only the NCAA tournament, but with conference tournaments very much up in the air just kind of go through the motions down the stretch it's the kind of scenario that we'll see typically in november for college football you get up for your rival but you may not bring your a game night in and night out and i think you have to be extremely selective this year with the COVID circumstances even more so than you normally are during the month of february but i typically like february college hoops from a wagering perspective because it provides some of the situational analysis that's not available during november and december
2: um let's kind of look big picture in the nfl a lot of people also interested in looking at who's favored the odds of which teams are most likely to win championships is there any value in betting this far out on the nfl or with free agency in the draft throwing so many different monkey wrenches in particular uh it seems teams are more likely to gamble now are you better off just sitting back and waiting in your mind until july and august when training camp season starts
3: well, I mean, you guys mocked me all week long. At this time last year, I was making a case for the Tampa Bay Bucks to be a dark horse Super Bowl contender. Now, full disclosure, there was because I was fully on board the Jameis Winston. Train. That's right. Did, you thought Jameis Winston
2: um, as MVP made sense.
3: Hey. I said that they were a quarterback taking the next step away from winning a title and so technically I was kind of correct but Tom Brady obviously helped him over the hump so at 60-1 to 1, it would have been a nice payday uh, along those lines but when you're looking at NFL futures what I think is fascinating is that over the last 14 years you've seen the preseason Super Bowl favorite get to the Super Bowl 8 out of those 14 years but only win it twice so when you're looking at the numbers with Kansas City a rightful favorite you wonder about the Super Bowl hangover Mahomes his surgically. Operated on foot. I imagine he'll come back 100% with a chip on his shoulder, but who knows how that organization could handle a little bit of the turmoil that's inevitably going to come out from the whole Britt Reed situation or anything else this summer. So I'd be looking further down the board. This is the kind of time of year where you may get a team in that 40 or 50 to 1 range that you think can surprise. Uh, And as ridiculous as it is to say, the only team uh, that I would gravitate towards making a very small investment this far out on would actually be the Minnesota Vikings. And the reason I say that. Yes, Kirk Cousins isn't truly elite at the position, uh, but you have Delvin Cook, uh, you have Justin Jefferson, we'll figure out the Adam Thielen situation. So you have nice skill position talent offensively, and on the defensive side, they had an extremely young secondary last year, one that also dealt with a laundry list of injuries. They were without one of the truly elite pass rushers in the NFL and Danielle Hunter. So for me, in the NFC being as wide open as it is, of course the Vikings still have to go through the Packers. That's a team at 50 to 1 that I think showed some flashes and the potential. Uh, to maybe be that cinderella story and make a deep run in the playoffs next year
2: with pitchers and catchers reporting soon in major league baseball and the appearance being that they're going to play a 162 game season which would be i think pretty great for a lot of baseball fans out there are the dodgers a more prohibitive favorite to you this year given the uh the addition of trevor bauer given the fact that they were already a pretty substantial favorite last year, that, uh, that pitching lineup that they have now is really pretty phenomenal. Or do you think there's value elsewhere in Major League Baseball?
3: I wouldn't want to tie up my money in a Dodgers ticket at three and a half to one. If you shop around, there is some four, but at the same time, so many things can go wrong. Uh, You mentioned the Trevor Bauer signing and this, the rich get richer as the Dodgers right now are going through spending sprees, much like we grew accustomed to with the Yankees uh, when they were in their heyday. But when you look at the dynamic in the National League and try and figure out other teams that could knock them off their perch, uh, you can't ignore the San Diego Padres and everything they've done to bolster their roster. You bring in a guy like Blake Snell, who's inevitably going to help their... Rotation. Uh, A lot of offense there, and Fernando Tatis has all the makings of being a household name and a bona fide superstar uh, in a non traditional market. Uh, We'll see what the Mets elect to do, not only some of the stuff that they've done bringing Francisco Lindor early on, uh, but how aggressive they would be at the trade deadline. You know, their price at 10 to 1. So I think baseball does offer some intrigue. For me, when I look at the American League, other than the Yankees, who I don't think offer any value at 5 to 1, there's going to be a team that comes from off the pace uh, right now. Before I fully do some of my digging, if you can find a team not named the Yankees or White Sox, you're going to find some pretty advantageous numbers to take advantage of.
2: There was a story that went viral that you basically shot down, which was the idea that the guy who ran on the field as the uh, streaker, although he was clothed, that he was attempting, he claimed that he was attempting to cash in on uh, the bet by getting down money on it. Uh, and then the logic of how he got down the money on it did not in any way add up. It didn't stop the story from going viral. Explain why what he alleged was not possible to have happened as he alleged it to have occurred.
3: It's amazing right now, and I think a lot of people, especially in the gambling space as it's grown in popularity, uh, would rather publish stories and provide shock journalism, things that are going to get them clicks, more so than doing some of their due diligence. And there's a variety of outlets that circulated this story. So to kind of debunk it, when you talk about someone claiming that they put down enough money to make $375,000 on a prop bet, uh, that will there be a streaker in the Super Bowl paying at 7.5 to 1? Sounds great in theory, because it takes one individual to think outside the box and go out there and stack the deck in his favor. But in the story that TMZ reported, the individual said he sent one of his buddies to Vegas, wouldn't disclose the casino. Well, first and foremost, you can't bet those props out here in the desert for just that reason. Anything that can be impacted by one individual is off the board. It has to have an element of chance to it, and it's part of the reason that the Gaming Control Board out here in the desert still doesn't allow you to bet on who will be the next manager, who will be the next head coach, although other states around the country have gravitated towards those. Along the same lines, he talked about getting down money at offshores with all of his friends. Most of those novelty bets, you can get down 100 bucks, to win 750 maybe $200 if you're a known player. So if you run the math real fast and you try and figure that out, there's no way a sports book, offshore otherwise, is going to incur over $300,000 of liability before it starts to raise red flags. Then he must have Clay, the most trustworthy group of friends and family I've ever met, that all the people he knows w- are going to get down for him and then send him a check. You and I have friends. There's no way if we give them that information, they're going to share the wealth with us and just cut us a check for the full amount. So it's one of those things that sounds great in theory and I know has gained a lot of traction, but in reality, until I see actual betting receipts or quotes from sportsbook operators, I'll continue to debunk this. And I just think it provides a little bit of a black eye for the entire industry because we're focusing on some of the more salacious elements than what actually transpires in the space.
2: Did you see the story I – don't, I don't know if I raised it with you, but I know we texted about it uh, – Morgan Stanley saying that they're going to expect 12 more states to legalize sports gambling this year. We just had Virginia, Michigan, and Tennessee all come online in the last three months or so. Other states are planning as well. There's an amazing amount of momentum right now to allow sports gambling to become legal in many parts of the country. Does it amaze you how quickly all of this seems to have coalesced and come together?
3: I'm stunned, honestly. We knew that there was going to be momentum, and ultimately it was going to be a snowball rolling down the hill. I just wasn't quite sure how fast it was going to happen. Now, the one thing I see for a lot of these states is they believe it becomes the panacea for all of their budget shortfalls. That's one thing that's a little bit problematic, because as we know when you look at some of the numbers, historical hold on sports betting, let's call it 5%. It's a little bit higher once you factor in parlays and some of the higher hold options. So these states that automatically believe if they open the floodgate for sports betting that somehow it is going to provide this wealth of riches that nothing else can. They need to pump the brakes a little bit, do some homework, and make sure they provide a competitive model. And it's one area where I've been extremely complimentary of the state of Tennessee, basically going, hey, look, we're going to let every operator come in. You pay your licensing fee as long as you check the boxes and have all of the uh, elements that you need to provide that good customer experience. We're going to let everybody get involved. I think when you look at other states, whether it's California or New York, there's other political elements that are going to provide obstacles for them offering the same type of competition that's made Tennessee such a success in its first two plus months.
1: Yeah,
2: it's interesting because Tennessee benefited because there were no other than lottery like, there's no existing casinos, and so, or tribal casinos, or anything like that. So, there was no requirement that the existing gambling industry be taken care of. It's just a brand new industry. And so, they could say, Hey, it's online only. You pull out your phone as soon as you're in the state borders, you're able to make bets. Uh, that's wildly popular. It's really the way it should exist everywhere. But as you just said, there's a political calculus involved where some groups, whether it's tribal casinos, uh, whether it's physical casinos, Casinos like in Mississippi and Biloxi and down in uh, and up in Tunica uh, that are relying and allowing sports gambling inside traditional casinos, but that's not how most people are going to bet.
3: Exactly, and I think in this day and age, unless you can provide a mobile component, then having sports betting is great in theory, but the reality of it is you need to try and give people every vehicle possible to try and get there, whether it's remote sign-ups or a variety of other ways to get them involved. Uh, and you talk about it, and I think that's where California is going to run into some obstacles, trying to figure out how to balance the casino interest along with the tribes. And then if New York gets its way, and hopefully you know, Mayor Cuomo comes to his senses, that it's not going to be a state state-run monopoly, because we've seen how things have transpired in Oregon and Washington, D.C., just to name a few. There's no competitive balance whatsoever, and that will never provide an incentive for people to take their money away from the corner bookmaker where they can play on credit or the offshore market where they're getting competitive prices and bringing it into the legal market. So I think when you look at how FanDuel has done things in the Flutter group in general, you have to be expansive, you have to be creative, and you have to provide a competitive product that is going to incentivize players, especially in markets where available. Uh, to take full advantage uh, of what the legal space offers you from a peace of mind compared to some of the other avenues.
2: Good stuff as always, Todd Furman. Have fun in Hawaii. Again, give him your recommendations. If you're from Hawaii, you're listening to us right now at Todd Furman. This is Outkick, my man. I appreciate it. Uh, have fun.
3: Always a pleasure.
2: This
0: is Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis.
1: rack.com/sports, tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: Danny G's been spinning the hits all throughout the program, Valentine's Day music, trying to remind all you knuckleheads out there that Valentine's Day is very very close. In fact, Saturday the 13th, at least you have 2 days in theory you could go out for Valentine's Day. You can go out Saturday, some of you may be going out tonight. Uh, You can go out Sunday. It's going to be a lot of difficulty because many of you can't go to restaurants. And or if you can go to a restaurant, they may not be allowing indoor seating. And if they do, they may not have full capacity. So uh, you always know that there are a lot of guys out there that are in a rough spot for Valentine's. I think there are going to be even more dudes out there that are in a rough spot than normal because I always like to make fun of this guy. Like, guy who shows up, And walks up to the front of a restaurant on Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day weekend and asks for a table. Good luck. Your girlfriend or your wife is already angry at you because you didn't plan ahead. And then you're going to drag her out to restaurant after restaurant, walk up to the front desk uh, girl there, the hostess, and say, hey, do you have a table available? And she's just going to kind of laugh at you. Uh, because she's going to be like, no, you see all these full tables in here? These are the men who actually cared about the woman that they're dating. They went ahead and planned ahead. You didn't. Uh, She's not going to say that to you, probably, hopefully. But you're going to feel it, and you're definitely going to feel it in the gaze of your girlfriend or your wife. So if you're listening to me right now and you haven't made plans, you better turn into an incredible cook. You better go ahead and order food, go get your candles, bring it in. I think there's going to be a lot of guys like, hey baby, I just decided to have a romantic meal with you. Instead of going out to a restaurant with COVID and everything, I thought just the two of us being together in a restaurant would be a little bit uncomfortable. So I decided to just go ahead and make a romantic restaurant uh, meal in the house for you. This is for you, baby. Look at these candles. Look at everything I did. And by the way, if you're listening to me right now and you're trying to make some phone calls around lunchtime today and you're realizing all that's taken up you better go ahead and order your food too and start spinning as hard as you can to your girlfriend to let her know that this was a design plan that you aren't panicked and ending up ordering food at the last minute no 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 you got to sell as hard as you can possibly sell no no i was planning for this for weeks i've been thinking you know what Do we really need to be in a crowded restaurant with all those couples, given everything that's going on? I wanted to just have you at the house with me and not even have to worry about it. That's why I cooked. And by cooked, I mean ordered from somewhere else and pretended that you cooked, which is what a lot of guys are also going to do. Valentine's Day always fraught with relationship peril. I think it's on a different level this year. There's no doubt that many of you are going to be panicked. Good luck, Godspeed. Dub, do you agree with me? It's going to be an absolute cluster for a lot of people out there as they get ready for Valentine's Day?
3: With all the capacity limitations in place across the country, if you didn't have a reservation 10 to 14 days ago, just go to You're the grocery store, it. order yes. online, just figure it out.
2: Because it's going to be a mess. You're going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, right?
3: I am. I'm a little bit off the hook. I'm doing Valentine's Day late as opposed to on time or early. So, yeah, I'm I'm good to go.
2: Yeah, that's going, to be, uh, that's going to be helpful for a lot of different guys out there. Uh, we will be, by the way, I want to let you know, go download the podcast. We've got a loaded show for you. Uh, Albert Breer in the first hour of the program. Uh, Jeff Schwartz in the second hour of the program. Todd Furman, you just heard from. Uh, encourage you, search out my name, Clay Travis. Search out Outkick. You can dive in and uh, make sure that you get uh, the podcast downloaded. We'll be back on Monday. So Monday is President's Day. We're running into uh, a bit of a long holiday weekend here. We will do the show for you on Monday, and then theoretically... Although I'm nervous, as I was talking about earlier in the show, I keep checking the weather forecast because uh, we've got like kind of a freezing cold rain uh, snowstorm type situation that's been going on here. And it looks like we may get a legitimately decent sized snowfall in my hometown of Nashville uh, coming up on the day that we're scheduled to fly to Mexico. So, I'm hoping to be able to get away and get down to the beach, but we might get slammed with a big uh, big snowstorm, uh, which is legit, never happens, hardly ever, in Nashville. So, uh, as a part of that, who knows whether we're going to be able to get away, but I will be here with you on Monday doing the show, and then I'll be out for the rest of the week. I don't even know, do you even know who's sitting in, Dub?
1: I think it's Jeff and Jonas Knox, Okay, I Jeff
2: and Jonas Knox, I think, I think that's right. I think they're in with you for the rest of the week, and then I'll be back uh, after that. So... Uh, I appreciate all you guys. It's been a crazy week. Uh, as many weeks have been at OutKick, encourage you to go read uh, everything at OutKick.com uh, and make sure if you're a big fan of OutKick to go sign up for the OutKick VIP at OutKick.com slash VIP. Also, as we go to break here, I want to let you know, great offer, free money, basically, if you're in the state of Virginia uh, for the most recent uh, Spread the Love event. I'll tweet out about it, but trust me, $50 free, basically, if you go to FanDuel.com slash Clay right now, FanDuel.com slash Clay. uh, Get your bets in. Also, up to $1,000 free roll for everybody out there who wants to sign up for sports gambling. It's new in Virginia. It's new in Michigan, also still relatively new in Tennessee, uh, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, West Virginia, Colorado, uh, New Jersey, and also Pennsylvania. Go sign up today at fanduel.com slash Clay. Have great weekends. Good luck with Valentine's Day. I'll be back with y'all guys all on Monday. This has been OutKick on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, oh, oh.